This is the What's On Your Table podcast, and I'm your host, Chance Ghanem. On this podcast, we talk everything about what's on your family's table and how to best impact the people that sit around that table. We're going to have amazing guests that are going to go in-depth into topics that can help you make daily changes to better impact yourself and your family. Make sure you subscribe on the platform that you are listening to right now and give us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the What's On Your Table podcast. We have an amazing guest for you today. We have Courtney Luna. And I'll tell you what, this is somebody that I found her food and then I found her stuff on social media. I'll tell you, she makes some of the best looking food and some of the stuff that you got to check out. I'm going to give you guys a little taste of what she does because Courtney is a former yacht chef turned stay at home mom of two little ones in Southern California. She was a longtime yo yo dieter and an emotional eater who recently changed her life and mental health by switching to the carnivore diet. And I'll tell you guys what, I've been following her for a little while. She's been inspiring me and showing me so much. And I'm just honored to have her on the podcast here today and to share her experience with everybody listening. So thank you so much for hopping on, Courtney. I appreciate you hopping on here. Of course. Thank you. Wow. What an intro. I feel like I need to bow or something. Thank you. (laughs) No, you (laughs) deserve it. You deserve it. Your stuff's awesome. So could you give everyone a little bit of feel for your background and let us know how, how's this journey gone for you? Yeah. So, okay. I've been, um, I'm no stranger to like low carb eating and keto and all that. Um, I dabbled in that probably like five, six years ago in and out, not doing it when I was pregnant. Um, and then last year I lost probably, I think I lost like 30 pounds after my second baby and I was doing great. Everything was awesome. And I got caught up in the whole anti-diet culture. And so I was like, Oh, you know what? Yeah. Like I'm going to stop tracking macros and I'm going to just eat everything. Everything's on the table. Nothing's off limits. Like that's awesome. Okay. Well, for someone who's an emotional eater and a binge eater, like that was not awesome. That was not a good idea that, uh, that almost like gave me the permission to eat everything and a lot of it. Um, so like since September last year, I gained like 40 pounds and, um, yeah. So my husband, he, he was keto at the time and he was kind of like, you know, gently nudging me to go that way. Um, and it took a while to get there on my own, but yeah. So in May I, I switched to an animal based diet and I've never felt better. So that's where we are now. I'm more, I'm strict carnivore now, but I started out animal based. Awesome. Awesome. So that's, that's crazy. What's, what was your background? Like what was growing up like for you and what kind of foods were you eating growing up? Were you raised in like a healthy household or the standard American diet household? Where did, where you rank on that? Yeah. Um, definitely very healthy. Um, you know, I live in Southern California. My parents like are, they're old hippies. <laughs> um, my parents are very athletic. So like my whole childhood, I remember like going to all the races they did on the weekends and stuff. I remember driving like a half hour with my mom when the first Trader Joe's opened. Um, so yeah, my mom was actually vegetarian for like 25 years. Wow. And when the whole like paleo diet came to life, like 12 years ago, I want to say is when she got the book by Mark Sisson. He has like Mark's daily apple primal blueprint. And like, 
she switched, she started gnawing on chicken wings. So that was when my world kind of got opened up to healing your body with food, but it was never easy for me. Like it, nothing ever came easy till being carnivore. Got you. What was some of that information that your mom really like grasped that said, I do need to be eating some meat? You know, I don't know exactly, but I mean, maybe she just realized like how, how healthy it is and how beneficial it is and Mm -hmm. how meat can be healing. Um, yeah, yeah, I should have I should have asked her what was the the switch for that. <laughs> that's that's all good. I was I was just curious because I so I was vegan for two years and it was something where I was you know made made that switch back and there's there's always there's a lot of interesting reasons because you get so bought in that this is the only way and then something has to make that that little switch where you're like oh maybe maybe I was wrong I was wrong I need to look into other things. One other thing we we dive in uh, before we dive into the carnivore. Diet, and I got things, especially for new people that I, I want to dive into, but a yacht chef, like how did that happen? What is it like? I, I just got to know, cause I lived in Miami for a while and I would see the yachts all the time. I never got on one, but I, I, I would always see them. So what was that like? And how did that happen? Yeah. So I used to live in St. Thomas in the Virgin islands for a few years. Um, And once I moved away from there, one of my good friends was working on a yacht. So I went and visited her in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And I'm like, okay, I want to do this. Like, how do I do this? Um, And so I I was living in Portland, Oregon at the time. And I traveled a lot when I was younger. Um, So I moved back home for a year, waited tables, stayed at my mom's house, saved money, and I moved to Fort Lauderdale. And I stayed in crew housing. And it took me about three months to find my first permanent job. Um, so I started as a a stewardess and I've always liked cooking. So I did like the whole stew thing for a few years. And then I got on the boat where I was a stewardess, but a crew chef. Um, so I would cook for the crew or crew cook. And then I'm like, well, I I really like this. So then I just started applying for, um, I was a more like freelance, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I was just applying for, you know, little short-term gigs um, where they needed to cook. So my first like full on position, um, for cooking for a family was up in the, the San Juan islands. Um, and then just ever since I did quite a few different trips, just freelancing on, on different boats. So if anyone's seen the show below deck, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I can imagine that's just gotta be a totally different way to see the world from, from the view of a yacht. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I did it for like seven, six years, six or seven years before leaving it all behind to be a mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, that's, that's probably a pretty, pretty big shift, but, but probably a good one. <laughs> it has its moments. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely. So diving into the, the carnivore diet, for those of you who are listening, and if this is your first time hopping on to the podcast, I'm actually in the position with my diet where I'm switching more to pretty much animal based to close to all the way into carnivore diet. We'll, we'll see maybe by the end of this conversation, I'll be all the way in, but, um, but what would you suggest for new people just getting into this? Maybe what are some fears that maybe you had that were holding you up and why did you make that jump into this and why why should other people and who could this be good for yeah so i mean it, this is kind of new to me me even being in the keto community for six years off and on 
I hadn't heard of this, um, so I don't know why I was so out of the loop, but if you're familiar with this, I'm sure you've heard of uh, Dr. Paul Saladino, the carnivore MD. So my husband would be sending me his TikToks on why veggies are bullshit. And so he would send them to me and I'd watch them here and there. And we never like talked about it. Like, I was just like, huh, okay. And then one day I'm like, so you keep sending me these, like, is this a thing? Like, should we like, are, are you doing this? Cause he was kind of doing it because he was keto, but not having a lot of vegetables. And so we just like dug into it more and more and more. And it, there's this like whole world that opened up to me, like this whole carnivore community on, you know, all the social platforms that I never saw when I was doing low carbon keto stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's, it's wild. Um, so that was my intro to it was the, the shirtless guy, everyone says yeah. um, that yells at the camera. Um, so when I started, I was more animal based. I, I was still very low in carbs. I would say, um, mostly I called it carnivore ish. So I was mostly carnivore. I would have like some avocado and I would have some blueberries, but I would still say my carbs were probably under 50 grams. Um, yeah. And then just after like a while, I think I did it for about five weeks or seven weeks. And I felt like when I would have fruit that it was just triggering more cravings for fruit and more sweetness. And I would just like crave that fruit. And I was feeling like it was making me more hungry. Like I could have eaten 2000 calories that day, which is a lot for me. And I would still like want to eat. So I guess it's been maybe like a month now that I ditched the fruit, ditched the honey I was using. And I just, I feel a lot better. Um, I still think it's a great option for people. I'm going to toy around with putting it back in my diet. Maybe once I'm at my goal weight, because right yeah. now it's like, I'm trying to lose weight. I don't need things making me more hungrier. <laughs> yeah. Um, and being car strict carnivore is satiating enough. So that's where I'm at on my food right Definitely. now. Yeah. So one of the things that we're just starting to look at is like, how do you meal prep and have the food ready and have it thawed out and have it cooked? And are there any tips for people just getting started that you found out that works for you? Maybe some of your favorite tools in the kitchen that you like to use to, to help make the cooking process easier? Yeah. So I actually just recently got an air fryer fryer. I was so resistant. I don't know why, I guess maybe I just didn't want one more thing, but I got one like two weeks ago and I use it all the time. So my new favorite thing, and I shared a video of this that you could um, see, but I took, I got a tri-tip on sale for $4.99 a pound. So for everyone thinks that this is expensive, it can definitely be expensive if you're doing like grass-fed, finished, regenerative farming, which is an awesome way to go, but it can be done very cheaply. So I was eating on like $6 a day all last week. So I took this tri-tip and I chopped it up in like two and a half inch steaks and I put them on, um, or chunks, whatever, put them on a, a cookie sheet and put them in the freezer just for like a few hours and then dump them in the bag. So a Ziploc, so that way they wouldn't stick to each other. Mm -hmm. And so I've been cooking them straight from frozen. So you pop those in the air fryer for like 20 minutes and they're nice and crispy on the outside with being like medium rare on the inside. So that I feel like even frozen burgers, I, I'm liking the cooking from frozen with yeah. the air fryer. Um, so that's a good way, an easy way to have things be easy. Um, I used to like cook a whole bunch of burgers and rewarm them, rewarm them, and they wouldn't be as delicious. And sometimes I don't know if it's just the meat I get, but sometimes it tastes like fish when it's warmed up. Mm. <laughs> so that's weird. So I like to have mine 
fresh. So yeah, if you can even just do any sort of prep by cutting it or the frozen hack, which I'm loving. Um, the Instant Pot is awesome. You can cook from frozen there. I found, and I mean, I feel like past me would be horrified to know that I don't cook with any seasonings anymore. There's no apple, there's no onion, there's no garlic, there's no herbs and people use those and that's fine. But I'm just with the mindset, well, if I'm not eating plants, then I'm not going to season with them. And I don't know. So I feel like I'm going off on a tangent now. But, no, go um, for it. I'm here I, for it. <laughs> I feel like by eating this way, my taste buds have changed and everything just tastes so much better. And I get a lot of hate on TikTok from my, from my cooking now. They're like, oh my God, there's no seasoning. It's like, I don't feel like I need it. Like, mm -hmm. it's almost like I've heard of people that quit smoking and that they feel like they get their taste buds back and everything tastes like so amazing. And mm -hmm. that's where I'm at right now. And it's just so simple. It's such a simple way of eating. You don't have to think of three different, you know, a vegetable and a starch to make or whatever. It's just I mean, I guess I am making that stuff for my kids, but you know, it's just like, what meat are we going to have and what mm. cheese? So it's, it's definitely very freeing mentally too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, it's interesting because the more we dive into it, the one thing my wife keeps saying is she's like, I'm so used to cooking so many dishes. It's like, like you said, you're used to making like a rice dish or you're going to have potatoes and this and that. And it's such a different way to look at it where it is just that meat. Now, when it comes to your meat, are you sticking with mainly red meats? Are you all over the place with meats? What kind of meats should people be focusing on? Um, red meat's going to be the best option. Um, it has the most micronutrients. It's, you know, there, it's going to be fatty. You want that fat. Um, it's easier to find if, if you care about this, it's easier to find grass fed, grass finished and get really good quality beef, as opposed to it's hard to find chickens that like aren't fed corn or soy, which may not be important to people. But if I'm not eating that, I don't want my animals to eat that. That being said, I'm still buying conventional stuff um, mm. for budget reasons. Um, so yeah, mostly red meat. It's very surprising that meat really has everything we need. And a lot of people don't get that or don't believe it or don't want to believe it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it really does. So I'll have some fish here and there. Eggs are a great option. I do have eggs, but then again, like the chickens, they're mostly being fed corn and soy too. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's just like how like, you know, crazy, like into it, you want to get, mm -hmm. if you're just like, whatever, all meats are on the table. You just want to like, look at the fat. If you're having chicken breast, add some butter, or add some fat because you, that's, what's going to keep you satiated. Okay. So meat, butter, and salt, and you're good to go. That's meat, all you butter, need. and salt. Makes <laughs> sense. That, that, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. And for, for people listening that if you don't know from a, the rancher's perspective, the reason on the chicken and the pork is because they don't, they're not ruminants like the cows are. So we, like I have pigs and I have to feed them grain every single day, or they will not put on weight or they will not, they won't be healthy and they could get real sick because they just need that extra extra protein and all that extra food so that's one thing that with the beef and sourcing it it is like you said a lot easier to find that just straight grass because that would be another thing with lamb or some people are doing goat and different things too um, that are ruminants that are focused on just the grass that's that's real interesting when you come to the different pieces and you're talking about how you're simplifying down what you're what you're really doing and then when it comes to simplifying this down what are some of the 
the simple steps that if, again, if you're, if you're brand new, you're just getting into this, what are some things that you like always need to keep on hand and some things that you need to like get out of the house if, if, it, if it's not going to, not going to be helping you out? Yeah. So as far as tips for beginners, um, your electrolytes are important to watch, um, especially during the transition. So this is for any like low carb diet, but SMP, so your salt, magnesium, and potassium. Um, most people I know aren't taking these maybe in the transition to help, you know, switch things over. Uh, but salt's easy. I mean, I, I salt the heck out of everything. Um, and then a magnesium supplement is great. I'm actually taking it right now. Um, and I wasn't for a while, just, I was getting like restless legs at night. Um, so I added that in, I'm not taking potassium. Um, it's hard. Potassium's hard to supplement. When you get a potassium supplement, it says like 2% of the daily value. So it's like, why are you even <laughs> taking it? Yeah. But Morton salt has a thing called light salt and um, it has a lot of potassium in it. So if you're looking for that, you can, it doesn't taste that great. So I wouldn't really put it on your food, but you can drink it. Um, there's electrolyte drinks. So that's what you would want to pay attention to in the beginning. Um, and sorry, <laughs> I keep going off on these tangents. You were saying uh, things to have on hand. Yeah. Just, just things to have on hand. What are, what are good things to have on hand for new people, whether it's a tool to cook and eat with, or just like a certain type of meat to have on, on hand when, when you get that craving and you get hungry. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So definitely those electrolytes, I would recommend having a big jar of tallow. That's what I cook in get rid of all your oils, all your seed oils. Those are not doing anything great for you. Um, I mean, avocado and coconut oil would be like an okay thing, but nothing is going to compare to those animal fats. So mm -hmm. the tallow or even butter. So have those. Um, I like having chopsticks or the carnivore crisps or carnivore snacks, you know, just to have like on the go. But I find eating this way, you're less snacky. Like you're your meals are just so satiating and filling. Uh, like I ate, <laughs> what time is it? I had a New York strip. It was almost a pound with a shit. Oh, sorry. I don't know if I can <laughs> with a lot of butter at like 10 o'clock. So that was six hours ago. And I still feel so full. Like I'm probably oh, going to have you say a lot of butter. How do you like <laughs> the the funny side of my brain says like you have a shot glass on the side full of butter and you're just going to shoot it um but like how do you how do you eat butter with the steak do you melt it on it or do you how, how does that work well yeah i mean today i cooked it in butter and tallow and then i just ate it standing right there on my cutting board and i would dip i would cut a slice and i would dip each slice like in the pan. So I used everything that I cooked with too, but yeah, I'll put butter on my burgers. Um, so just real quick, like on the macro side, I don't track, but if you were, you would want to be having like as much fat as you are protein. And as far as, as much, and you know, everyone's different, this may need to be adjusted, but as much protein as you need is what your maintenance weight is or your goal weight. So my goal weight is 130. I'm far from that. But so that would mean I would want to have a minimum of 130 grams of protein a day. And my fat usually matches that. So when you're looking at like ground beef, you know, the fat and the protein, they're pretty similar. They're pretty matched up like one to one. Um, so yeah, if you're eating chicken, dump some butter on it. And the butter and the fat, like that, 
that's really what's helping um, with being satiated and any cravings. If you're having cravings, like drink a little salt water and have like, have a bite of butter. <laughs> you know, I've seen people like steak and Bella gal or not steak and, Bella, steak and butter gal. Her name's Bella when she, she's an ex vegan. And when she first started eating this way, she's like, I would keep sticks of butter in the freezer and I would just like take slices of them and eat them frozen. So fat is our friend. I feel like everybody fears fat. They're afraid of the cholesterol, you know, and, and what it's, it's going to do. And, and that doesn't come, that doesn't come into play. Um, only when you're eating like the carbs and the junk is all of that fat going to be harmful for so you. Could, could you talk on that a little bit? Cause yeah, that is one thing that most, if people think like, yo, you're eating, if you tell the average American that you're only eating red meat as a primary source of nutrition in your diet, they're like, Okay, so your heart's going to explode in a week because of the cholesterol. Um, could you talk on that? And why is that not a worry for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm very hated on TikTok. <laughs> so I get these comments a lot. The most um, common are you're clogging your arteries. You're going to get colon cancer. Um, hello, cholesterol. It's got to be through the roof. Your blood pressure has got to be outrageous. Um my blood pressure is actually perfect. So I've done, I have one at my house. So I've done, and I've shared that. Um, I have not had my lab work done yet. I'm going to give it a couple more months, but everybody I know that eats this way has great lab work. Yeah. Uh, my dad is like 69 years old. He's been keto for five years. They say his heart is as healthy as a 30 year old. His numbers are all great. So I'm not concerned. Um, like dietary cholesterol isn't going to affect your blood cholesterol. The only way, you know, the high fat and the, the saturated fat and the cholesterol is going to be bad is if you're also eating all the carbs and sugar. So it's, it's like that meme, like don't blame the butter for what the bread did, you yeah. know? So it's really all those carbs that are causing all that, you know, everyone I know in this community is thriving eating this way and no one's having cholesterol issues. That's yeah, that, that's great to hear. My wife just had her blood work done when they found out her thyroid was all off and everything. So now I'm, I'm interested to see what happens the next time after she switches and, and we stay on this diet for a few months. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And that's awesome that she has that because I, I got mine done too, not even knowing I was going to eat this way. I went to mm -hmm. the doctor a few months ago because I was feeling so awful. I would wake up being so tired and lethargic after like a great night's sleep. And I went to the doctor thinking, like, I mean, something has got to be wrong and everything came up normal. Granted, my cholesterol uh, cholesterol was actually a little high. Mm -hmm. He said everything was normal, but when I looked at it, like it was in a higher range. So I'm hoping, I'm very hopeful and confident that eating this way will surprisingly lower my cholesterol. And I can't right. wait to shove it in everybody's face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's funny because I, I literally, it's funny you talk about TikTok. I posted like right before we started recording this, uh, the White House put out some stat on the food we should be eating. And the lowest food on the list was ground beef. And it was underneath ice cream. It was underneath M&Ms. It was underneath all these things. And I'm just like, man, people really like, they don't like the meat. There really is an attack out there on the meat. It's kind of crazy to watch. Yeah, all this anti-meat propaganda. And, you know, this is where, you know, people 
think I'm a conspiracy theorist, but they're not conspiracies if they come true, you know? Like, I don't know if you can see my shirt. It says, eat yeah. meat and question everything. You know, I feel like they, you know, all the people above us and whatever, they're out to get us. They don't want us to be healthy. They can't mm. make money when we're healthy. You know, they want to prescribe medications instead of getting to the root of things. So why do you think like veganism is pushed so hard? You know, people aren't healthy. I mean, okay, maybe there's like one person, but you know, people aren't healthy and thriving on a vegan diet. Well, that's, that's me and my wife were talking about this earlier. She's like, any diet where you can still eat Oreos is probably not the healthiest one out there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> those, those yes, because they're vegan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah exactly. I know that I had to, I had to be dairy free when I was nursing my baby. So I know all those treats that don't have dairy. And <laughs> yeah, we were, we were not the best vegans. And I know that's what people always say. It's like, well, if you just ate perfect, it's like, yeah, that's, that's really hard <laughs> because it, yeah. it, your body's missing so many nutrients. And There's so much in meat. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing I was going to ask if you could touch on, because you mentioned it earlier and it's definitely something that, like you said, the propaganda in our head, meat is bad. It's a treat. We shouldn't have it all the time, even though most of us eat it with every meal. Um, but if you, if you look at that meat and you kind of get rid of the other stuff, and that's all you eat. What are some of those nutrients that we can find, especially in red meat that are, that are good for us that we're not going to find, you know, in all these other, if you just eat a potato or something. Yeah. I mean, especially so red meat, like just the nutrients are more bioavailable. So your body is going to absorb them so much easier than from a plant. Your body is going to work hard, harder. And there's all sorts of, I mean, that goes a little more deep into the science that I understand, but your body, body isn't going to be able to get everything you need from the plant. So it's actually surprising if, you know, I'm not going to like list every yeah, um, but nutrient, but if you, you know, if you go and look like it, I, I was surprised because you think it's like, okay, fat, protein, iron, but there's actually some vitamin C, which I get a lot of comments that I'm going to get scurvy. Like I'm a freaking pirate, but there's plenty of vitamin C. There's enough vitamin C to ward off scurvy. Um, it has zinc, selenium, B12, B6. Um, it just, it really just has all you need to be, to be healthy. Yeah. And, you know, it just, I don't know not, I don't want to say, I don't know why all the hate, cause I do know all the hate cause they don't want us to be healthy, but it's just crazy that people are falling for it. What, you know? what are, I, I gotta ask, what are some of like the standout TikTok comments that you get that you're just like, wow, I can't like, is there anything that comes to mind? Cause I know you got to get some crazy ones. Um, I'm the gout queen. Um, scurvy. They say scurvy a lot. Um, pseudoscience they say uh, what else just that like i'm an idiot they can't tell if this is satire or not um you you name it they say it and you know what that they all have uh, they all have something in common you know i click on the profiles of the nasty ones and they're just they're mostly young um which i feel like you know <laughs> when you're young you don't know everything you know especially not now either but you know like it's just a lot of I don't know maybe ignorance is a little harsh but just misinformed they're being missed and misinformed and they're being brainwashed to think that meat is awful and mm. these people tear me apart I get hundreds and hundreds of comments a day on TikTok and Man. it's like but how many gosh, followers you, you get the hell you go viral with all the negative comments <laughs> 
Yeah. So they're helping me in my engagement. And, you know, I'm slowly finding some like-minded people there and they'll be chiming in because I just, some of the time, you know, I, I'm not, I don't have time to address all the comments and I don't want to, I can't for my mental health go through and read all these people making fun of me and mocking me and tearing me apart. And it's like, God, you guys are like getting in your own way. Like you could be thriving eating this way, but you won't even give it a chance because you're so stubborn and close-minded. So it's, it's frustrating and it's sad. And it's like, that app gives me so many different emotions. Yeah, I, I, I definitely know what you mean by that. At some point, you got to kind of just back off and say, all right, I'm doing what I'm doing. And the crazy part is that you're doing it and you're seeing the success. You know, you feel the way you feel. You're seeing it in your life and the people that you care about's lives. And that's all that really matters it at the end of the day. I got a couple other things. One thing I saw on your page that I got to ask you about, because like, one of my main food groups is pizza. It's like kind of just been a staple in my entire life is I like pizza's the food that if I could, if I was on a deserted island, I'd probably leave the steak aside and just be like endless pizza, keep it coming. But uh, what is carnivore pizza? I saw it on your, uh, on your Instagram and I had to ask. Yeah. Okay. So it might be a little misleading. <laughs> it's <laughs> It's the vessel is pizza like it, it's sturdy. It holds a shape like pizza. Um, it's made using chicken. Um, I think there's an egg in there, cheese. I haven't made it in a while, so I can't totally remember. Um, and yeah, so I used Alfredo online. So it essentially like tasted like chicken Alfredo. So it's delicious. Um, I would say for people that aren't carnivore and they're more like keto, there's a fat head dough that's a little bit more bread like, you know, because something that has like almond flour. But, you know, I'm going to play around also with using some pork rinds and try and make it maybe a little more bread like. But I mean, it's definitely not pizza, but I think it gets the job done for holding that slice and eating it. Yeah. So I, I got to play around with the recipe a little bit. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's definitely interesting. Are there any other fun things that you've experimented with that you like that are more, more than just the, the simple cuts that you do on a daily basis? Um, you know, I've been so simple. I'm trying to think what else I recently dove back into trying to make more recipes than just cooking up steaks and burger patties. Um, there's a cheese wrap I like to do. You just essentially melt cheese. I put it at a couple slices in my toaster oven and <clears throat> for like five minutes, and then you can just wrap up anything in it. So like I'll do bacon and steak and, you know, sometimes like biting into something, you know, it, it's satisfying. Like you're having a sandwich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I made a soup that everyone hated. Um, they call they called it meat cereal, and I thought it was really good. <laughs> but you know, when it when there's not vegetables in it and there's no spices, people just like lose their minds. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. No, that's <laughs> yeah. It's it's definitely different when you start looking into some of those things. One thing that I saw on your page that's interesting is I saw that you. De- I think I saw cheese, but you looked into like raw milk. Is that something that you you do as well? Because that's something we just switched to a couple months ago. And man, I've been loving it personally. Yeah, I love it. So we have a farm here in California. It's not local to me, um, but it's called Raw Farm. I want to say they're like up in Fresno, Um, but they are in Sprouts. And I believe they're like state different states in Sprouts, um, maybe, but not everything. Because, you know, this whole like raw dairy thing isn't legal um, in all states. 
Yeah, I love it. So they have a kefir that I have, which is another thing. Everyone says kefir and I say kefir, kefir is supposed to be right. I don't know. That's a whole other argument over there too. So raw kefir that I love. Um, I what recently made- For somebody what? who doesn't heat with the kefir? Oh yeah. So it's like a fermented drink. So it's essentially fermenting milk and there's probiotics. So it tastes like a yogurt drink. Um, so it's not as thick as yogurt, but it's thicker than milk. So I love that. Um, I recently got their raw cream for the first time and I made a drink with that and a, and a raw egg yolk. So that was really good too. And they have raw cheese, which is just so good. There's just something like, so I don't know, like clean kind of tasting. I don't know. So, you know, with raw, a lot of people are confused. Like when I say, oh, I had raw cheese. They're like, why are you saying raw cheese? Just because you didn't melt it. I'm like, no, it just, <laughs> it means it's unpasteurized. So everything in the store is pasteurized. They're heating it up to kill all the bacteria and whatnot. But while they're doing that, they're also killing good bacteria. There's a lot of stuff that gets killed off in that process. So I don't know how everyone else does it, but the one I get they, they do test for like salmonella and listeria and E. coli. Um, so I feel safe and confident drinking it, but I know a lot of people don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's something for me. We just, it's, it's all about if you know who's actually doing it. So we have a local farmer by us where they do goat and, and dairy milk uh, and man, they got, they got all the milk. And it's so funny because I live in small town, Missouri. So it's like, literally you pull up to their farm and they got a fridge out front and you pull up there, your gallons of milk are waiting. When you ordered it, you just put the cash in the fridge and walk away, but it's just straight from the cow. And I'll tell you what, it's like when, when they do that pasteurization process, they're taking so much out. It, it literally doesn't even taste the same. It's crazy how good real milk tastes. Yeah. And you know what? It's also really gentle on the stomach. So a lot of people that, you know, have lactose issues or can't tolerate regular milk often do really well having uh, raw dairy products. So it's something to look into if you're kind of wonky with dairy, but want to have some. It's definitely not mandatory on the carnivore diet to have dairy, um, but I like it. It's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> So, so we've mentioned a lot of different things. And if you could just kind of simplify it down to a quick list of what are the other things that you're eating on the carnivore diet outside of meat? That's, I mean, a little bit of dairy. That's, dairy. that's you it. So eggs, right. Or yeah. So uh, yeah, meat, occasional eggs, and then, you know, animal products are okay. So sometimes I'll have cream cheese. Sometimes I'll have sour cream. Um, and then cheese, but not much. I'm really trying to keep it minimal, um, and just really go back to the basics of just doing meat mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is, it is, it's definitely, you talk about eliminating pretty much everything <laughs> and it's just like, here it is. But like you said, if you can get the results you want, so looking forward in your journey, what kind of things are you looking forward to moving forward? Um, hitting my goal weight. <laughs> That'll be nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm loving eating this way. It's so easy. I get a lot of comments that's like, oh, you just traded disorder, one disordered eating for another. And I don't feel like it's like that at all. I feel like it's been so mentally freeing. Um, 
and like my whole relationship has changed with food, even though that kind of doesn't make sense because I don't have a relationship with all the other food anymore, but there's also no desire. Like I don't, I don't care. And there's no, like, I'm not sitting there being like, oh my gosh, I want that cookie, but I shouldn't eat it. Like, there's just no, there's no more mental gymnastics going on. Um, <clears throat> another thing I'm like, what's that? So why do you think that is? How, how has that helped? Like, did you draw, is it because that line was drawn? You're like, I just can't have it. Or how did you stop that mental gymnastics? I know a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. I don't know if it's so, I mean, I guess it could be like, oh, it's off the table, but, and that might be part of it, but I really think, you know, there, that meat is so healing. So it's, you know, it's just fixing things. I don't even know how to like say it. Like, I think it's just, it's just changing my whole body and it's changing what's going on. I feel such a shift in my mood. Even, you know, I'm, I'm on Zoloft right now for anxiety and depression, and it was never a hundred percent for me. So I could tell when my mood shifted for the better, even though I was still on it from eating this way. So I'm actually in the process of for the second time, first time since being carnivore, but for the second time weaning off my medication. And I'm hopeful that because I'm eating this way, that it will be good. I mean, I I've heard a lot of other success stories about this helping, um, mental health issues. That's, that's amazing. That's, that's, yeah, that's what we all need too. Whether it's just some people need some clarity in certain ways or just that brain fog to lift. And that's, yeah, that's, that's what a lot of people can be asking for. So is there anything that we didn't cover here in this conversation today that you really wanted to talk about? Yeah. Can we talk about poop? About what? about poop yeah let's talk about it let's die okay. I'm a farmer so I'm used to it I, <laughs> I, I I always am dealing with that yeah so this is another thing I get a lot of comments about um people either think I'm going to be extremely constipated or they're also like you must just be living on the toilet um so this all kind of comes down to the fat that you're eating. So rest assured, I'm okay. My bathroom habits are fine. But if you're having issues, if you are constipated from all the meat or the cheese or whatever, then you need to look at the fat that you're having. You want to make sure you're having enough fat that's going to keep things moving, keep things regular. On the other side, if you're having too much fat, that might make you run to the bathroom, especially like hot rendered fat. So like, say, say it's upsetting your stomach. If you're, say you're cooking ground beef and there's like all that grease. Well, I would eat all that grease with it. But if you're being affected, then I would drain it off and have like a solid fat, like put butter on it to get the fat back in. That's not like hot and melted. So that's just a big thing that comes up that I feel like a lot of people don't talk about, um, except for, I don't know, I've heard Joe Rogan talk about his experience and he talked about his, I hate this word, but his explosive diarrhea. So that can happen if you're having like a lot of fat or hot fat, rendered fat, it might just be a little too much. So that's just something I wanted to bring up because especially in the transition, when you're switching over, there might be like an adjustment period. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your body has to recalibrate. Yes, <laughs> definitely, man. That's yeah. That's, that's a good topic. Cause it's something that you're going to definitely encounter. Is there anything else you want to cover? 
Um, yeah. So, okay. Especially in the first few weeks, if, when you start eating this way, you may wonder if you're even eating enough. Having that switch to so much protein and fat is very satiating. I remember like, you know, day four, day five, texting my husband and being like, I don't think I'm eating enough today. Like my calories have got to be so low because I'm just full. I'm satiated. I don't need to eat. So that does kind of balance out you know, after a few weeks, your body adjusts. I eat plenty now and I'm still losing weight. I'm down 20 pounds and I still have a bit to go, but it's just, it's, it's so easy. And I guess once, since we're talking about weight, if I could just go into, um, to that, this is the only time I've been able to lose weight without tracking macros before it's like there, there would be no way I couldn't do it. I would have to track what was going on. So it's awesome that I don't have to do that. You know, when you're eating like sugar and carbs, your hunger cues are totally messed up. They're, your signals aren't working right. Mm -hmm. So eating this way, it's so easy. You eat when you're hungry and you literally stop when you're full. That sentence like is mind blowing to me because I've never been able to do that. You know, like I ate like a pound steak earlier and at the end I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay, this might've been like, I probably didn't need that last bite, but you're not going to binge a steak. Like you're not going to sit there and eat five pounds of steak, mm -hmm. but I could eat, you know, a tub of ice cream, a thing of Oreos. Like it's easy to eat, eat and eat a bunch of junk food, your hormone, mm -hmm. even though your belly's full, your, you know, your hunger. So all that. So for someone that's had a wonky relationship with food, it, it might feel scary eating all this fat and all this meat. But if you just, my recommendation to anybody would just give this a shot for 30 days and then reevaluate. That's how I went into it. And I have no plans um, on stopping unless, you know, something, <laughs> unless I need to make a shift. But right now, as far as how I feel, like I'm good, I'm on this forever. That's so cool. That's awesome. That's amazing. So where can people follow you and where can they keep up to date on your journey? Yeah, I am everywhere. <laughs> I, I'm on YouTube. Um, so I just started on YouTube. I have a lot of um, the short form videos there. So a lot of recipes, a lot of what I eat in a day. Um, I have the longer form videos too. So I have some good ones like, you know, keto or sorry, carnivore animal based for beginners and just different longer ones. They're not too long. They're all like under 10 minutes, but just mm -hmm. diving up bit more into the details of things. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok, and I'm on Pinterest. And my handle for everything is at it's ITS Courtney Luna. Okay. And awesome. a website too. But the website, I'm just kind of giving it a rehaul. I had, I just launched with all my old content a few months ago. And now I'm like, okay, I have to change everything because I don't eat that way anymore. Yeah. So. Definitely. Yeah. That'll awesome. We'll tag everything down below so you guys can all, all get it down below. So thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed this conversation and learned so much. Yes. Thanks for having me. I feel like I'm buzzing. I get so like, this is like my passion. Like I'm just so excited. I, I just, I feel like I'm thriving. I just, I want to shout it from, from the rooftops because I feel like it could be life-changing to, you know, I won't say everybody because everybody's different, but I think it can change a lot of people's lives for sure. Yeah. And I think you said it best with that. Give it 30 days. I mean, what do you got to lose? 30 days, you give it a try and see if it works for yeah. you. Yeah. Nothing bad's going to happen in 30 days. If you're afraid of the artery thing and the cholesterol thing, you know, nothing 
bad is going to happen during that short amount of time. You know, if, if you're worried, you know, you'll be fine. Give it a test. And I think you'll, I think you'll love it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. The What's On Your Table podcast is brought to you by Ghanem Ranch, whose mission it is to provide your family with nutritionally dense pasture-raised meat shipped right to your door. Head over to GhanemRanch.net to learn more about how they raise their beef and to enter to win a free pack of steaks shipped right to your door.